0: The Spirit of the Lord is here this morning, and He wants to go ahead and speak to us, and He's going to do that through His Word. Uh, Today, we have Pastor Sonny Hong. He is, yeah, let's invite Pastor Sonny up. You know, as uh, Pastor Mark is on his uh, sabbatical, (laughs) no cheering, no cheering, everyone say, Aww. aww. We miss him and pray for him. Yeah, we do. We're going to see him a little later Today. So if you have any messages, pass it on to us. <laughs> and uh, we, we are excited that, um, you know, we have seen a lot of our elders preaching. And uh, Pastor Sonny, uh, how many months has it been now since you... think about close to eight months already. Wow! It went by really fast. Yeah. And they have mm-hmm. um, three children and his wife Haley. And they've been such a blessing to us as they lead our worship. And Pastor Sonny, a whole bunch of other stuff in our church. So anyway, this is the first time Pastor Sonny's preaching. So anyway, go ahead. Let's pray. Let's pray for the word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are here in this place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come to open up our hearts, that it would be good soil for your word to fall upon and grow. We pray these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. 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 Aloha, everyone. Good morning.
1: Pastor Maxi introduces me and I, I kind of feel like a guest. All right, it's been eight months and I finally get a chance to, you know, reveal a little bit more about what, what God's been doing in my life, how, um, how he's been transitioning us. And, you know, we feel good. We feel excited. Uh, we feel that like God's doing a lot of things. And, you know, whenever you get an opportunity to share about what God has done, take that opportunity. I think, you know, it's, it gives God all the glory, and it stretches you in, in many different things. And so today I get to a chance to talk a little bit about what God has been doing. I wish I had a little bit more time to share everything. Um, I'll have another opportunity to speak in two more weeks, so maybe I can follow up. But I just wanted to thank the church. <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, thinking back when I first got here, it was, it was so much, so many things going on, and uh, we really felt welcomed, uh, and, and I just want to thank the church and the congregation, and uh, people going out of their way to welcome us. Uh, Haley and I, we, we felt at home uh, the very first day we got here. Um, we want to thank the, the elders and the leaders and all the members. Uh, thank you for reaching out to us. You know, I think anytime you get to a new place, it's unfamiliar, right? And you're going, what? I don't know what to expect. But it's always a little bit easier when, when people come out and, and they help you get settled. And so I just want to thank the church for doing that for us. Uh, thank Pastor Mark and Joanne, it's kind of been a, a really interesting way how we met and how this journey got started. Um, <clears throat> and that transition, I think the main, main thing in that transition for us was prayer, right? And we, we needed a lot of prayer. We needed people to really step up and pray for us. We had a lot of prayer requests as we came to the church. And so thank you for the prayer team and uh, the intercessors for praying for us. We're, we're here today because of, of your prayers. Um, And even for bringing us food, Uh, who would have thought? Like, we had our baby, Alyssa, healthy, healthy baby. We've been praying for uh, a healthy delivery. And uh, even after delivery, uh, we had uh, many people in the church come and bless us, uh, cook, and bring us food. And, you know, what a blessing that is. All of that was helping us transition into the church. Um, Again, it hasn't been easy, but we believe that uh, God's been shifting our family to a new season. You know, kind of, we talk about church and we talk about family and and all these things. A lot of times, those things are kind of uh, connected, right? And so we felt that God was bringing our family into a new season. And I think when I think back, one of the first series we went through was the Promised Land, like entering the Promised Land. And we said, God, this this is all in kind of syncing up. We feel like our family is going to a new place, a new season, and we're talking about entering the Promised Land or are receiving the things of promise, okay? And I want to say that uh, God is bringing a shift in our church, amen? You think back in the last couple months, I'm still rather new, but from what I hear and from what I sense and people talking, there's definitely been a difference, right? A sense of shifting in the culture of our church, right? And I want to say that God's going to do even more, amen? Yeah, how many of you guys believe that, that God is shifting things in our church? He's readying us to go and take the land, do greater things uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, There are many times that God begins to move rapidly in our life, okay? And at first, we might not even realize that it's God who's kind of rearranging and moving things around. Uh, Shift happens to move us in a direction, right? When God is shifting, he wants us to go from one place and to get to another place, okay? Okay. and a lot of times those shifts happen in ways that we weren't expecting, right? The unplanned, the spontaneous, uh, the surprise moments, okay? it, can be, it can kind of be a little scary at times. Have you ever had one of those moments where you felt that God was shifting things in your life? Anyone ever have a moment like that? Yeah. If you're in ministry long enough, you go, it's a kind of common thing you experience. God is shifting things, um, It can be nerve-wracking. It can even be a gut-wrenching ordeal, depending on how much change and how fast that change comes. And when those moments come, and they certainly will, uh, the important question to ask is, how will you respond? That's not if, but it's when those moments come. How do you respond? Will you respond with faith? Will you trust that God knows what he's doing? See, last week's message, uh, we learned about Abram, right, later to become Abraham, and and God told him, go from a place where everything was familiar, okay, shifting, go from a place where everything's familiar, and go to a land that God would show him later, right, where does Abraham go, he goes to Egypt, Pharaoh tells him, go, it's not there yet, he has to continue to go, he has to continue to trust that God knows what he's doing, and that's a scary thing, when you have to leave everything and trust God at his word, time and time again in Scripture. Abraham is remembered, or he's commended for what? He's commended and remembered for believing that God could do what he said he was going to do. That's faith, right? Believing that God could do what he said he was going to do. In fact, God credits Abraham's faith as righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 6. These are familiar verses for us. Verse 1, it says this, Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen? That's the truth. God wants to reward those who earnestly seek him with faith. And the truth is, some of the defining moments in our lives are going to be in those times where God is bringing a shift or change. How do we need to respond? Again, with great faith. Uh, We've got to believe that God will do what he said he's going to do. Okay? That's hard, but that's what faith is. We just have to believe that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. We have to trust. We have to trust that God uh, knows what he's doing and that he'll reward us for earnestly seeking him. See, there are a lot of times where we, we step out in faith and we say, God, I believe that you can do that. I believe that you're greater than my circumstances, that you can supernaturally change things. But as we venture into that, as we step in faith, a lot of times it's like Peter, right? He walks out on water and then what happens? He goes, is this really happening? Am I trusting God all the way? Okay. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing. Sometimes it's going to come in an unexpected way, right? Uh, a new way. Right? Today, I want to share about two moments in my life where God was going to change everything, and I didn't even know it. I didn't even have a clue that God was going to do that, uh, and I'm so thankful that he did, because right? I wouldn't be here today if he didn't do those things. Uh, before I get into a, a time of sharing my testimony, I want to share a few things that we need to keep in mind when there are major shifts and changes in our life. Okay, I just want to share a couple things to keep in mind when you feel that there's a shift coming in your life. <clears throat> the first is this, it can come easy or it can come hard. How many of you guys know that to be true? Right? A shift in our life, it can come very easy, very quick, or it can be a long kind of journey. It can be hard. Um, and I want to say that a lot of times it's independent of our efforts. What do I mean by this? It's outside of our control at times. It's not based on what we've done, whether good or bad. And you know, as people of faith, we have to battle against discouragement. Why? Because it combats faith. Think about it. Every decision that we make in our life, every step that we take for the Lord, we do it in faith. Um, and a lot of, It's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to get discouraged when you don't feel like you have the support, you don't feel like the plan is all there, but we have to battle against discouragement. Amen. Uh, the path can be open. A right? door can be wide open, or the door can be shut. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right? And you're praying, and you're saying, God, give me kind of an understanding. And there are a lot of shut doors. Uh, maybe it's the Lord. Maybe it's the Lord saying, uh-uh. We don't want you to go in all these other routes. And God has a plan. Second thing is, it's dependent on his timing. How many guys know that God's timing is impeccable? It's perfect. Okay. It's a supernatural timing. Uh, there's no such thing as coincidence. In fact, if you, uh, in the Hebrew language, there is no word of coincidence. Did you know that? Okay. God's timing is perfect. He's in control of everything in and outside of time. Uh, I mean, you guys know the word kairos. I've heard that before. Kairos moment. A God moment. Right. Definition of kairos is an opportune or decisive moment. Okay, decisive when God steps in and changes things despite what, what's been going on, right? It's dependent on his timing. The third thing is it will stretch your faith. Areas that you are weak in will be worked on, right? And, you know, if I'm honest, like, well, Lord, I have a lot of those uh, moments and a lot of those places where I feel weak in my faith. When there's a shift that comes in your life, you know what? God's going to begin to work in that area of weakness, He's going to want to stretch that part of our faith. Our faith needs to be activated. And sometimes I like to think of being boosted. How many of you guys had some coffee this morning? Good coffee. Yeah, when you wake up, you're like, oh, church, Sunday, early, 9 a.m. Or 7 for some of us that are here earlier. <laughs> right? You need a boost. You need something to kind of get you going. Right? And a lot of times when those changes come and the shifts come, God is saying, I'm going to stretch you in your area. You're going to need to boost more your area of faith. You're going to have to trust him a little bit more. Imagine a balloon, and you fill it with your own breath. You blow it up.
0: Right?
1: It only occupies space. There's nothing special about that balloon. You take that same balloon, and if the Holy Spirit fills that up, okay, it begins to rise. It begins to even soar. God can do greater things when you say, Lord, you take control. You begin to do those things. The last thing is uh, it will make sense later, and it will add to our testimony. All right? Again, this is time and time and time. Again, it's true for me. In the moment of major shift and major change, um, I go, Lord, I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know how this is going to make sense, but when you go through that time, uh, the Lord will give you an opportunity to share. Okay? And it will add to your testimony. Uh, you know, I get to share my testimony today, and I'd rather preach and teach from other passages a lot of times because, you know, when you share your testimony, uh, you feel it's kind of a vulnerable thing. You feel like you're exposing yourself. And um, I talked to a few members of our church this morning, and they were like, Yeah, I love. When pastors get to share their testimony, because we get to see what they're really like, not just when they're on stage. They have to be honest, and they have to reveal and be transparent. Um, I want to say that the understanding of the why will be connected to your sharing. Okay? The understanding of the why will be connected to your sharing. Some of us, were not ready to share. <laughs> That's okay. The Lord will ready us. Okay? When that time comes for you to share, Guess what? You're going to have a lot of understanding. I'm, I was putting together my testimony. It's the first time I'm actually sharing about these two moments publicly, and I'm going, Lord, I now see the why. I now see the why of why that had happened, this had happened, this, this, how it fits. Okay, so it's going to add to your testimony. Amen. And I know that there are a lot of great testimonies here. I've been hearing some stories, and I'm going, wow, we need to get some more opportunities for our, our leaders, our members to share these testimonies. Um, and we got to trust that God will give us discernment through that process, throughout that process. Okay, we don't need to know the why. We just need to have discernment. And those two things are different. When you have discernment and you're going through, and you're navigating, it's almost like a GPS. Okay, it keeps you on track. It keeps you on the course. Right? You don't need to know everything. You just need to know that your next step is in alignment. Okay? And God will give us that discernment. Amen. Some of the tools that we can use in those times of change and shift are prayer and fasting and also asking others to pray and fast. I like to call that spiritual partnership. Okay. Some of us are going, why is he talking about prayer and fasting? <laughs> that's, uh, that's not a strength of mine. Uh, I've yet to meet anyone that really honestly loves to fast and pray. Okay. Fasting and praying is a tool. It's, it's something that we do. It's a spiritual discipline to help us in our faith, right, in our journey. Why fasting and prayer? Okay, first thing is that it releases power. Okay, we see throughout scripture, throughout history, when God's people gather together and they're earnestly seeking Him in prayer and fasting, there's a release of the power of God. Supernatural move, uh, breakthrough, release. Okay, how many of you guys want to see a release? of God's power upon your life. Amen. How many of you guys are willing to say, I'm going to start fasting and praying? In different ways, uh, people are pointing. They go, yeah, he'll do it, he'll do it. (laughs) Uh, Obedience comes easier in submission. When you're praying and fasting, it's a sign of humbling yourself. And you're saying, God, I want to come in submission. I know that there's something that I can't do on my own strength, and I need your help. A lot of times when you're praying and fasting, you're on your knees and you're saying, God, show me, reveal. Obedience comes easier in submission. It's a lot easier when you hear the Lord speak to you in that moment to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. I know it's you who's guiding that and speaking to me. So obedience comes easier in submission. I think as people of God, as as leaders, uh, we're called to live a life of submission and humility before the Lord. It keeps us kind of in sync to hearing from the Lord. It's easier to obey than to say, God, I'm doing my own thing, and then I'll think about obeying when you speak to me. Okay, and the last thing is spiritual warfare and obstacles will be broken. Okay, things that uh, have never changed in your life, things that have never changed in your family, in your workplace, in your marriage, okay, those things will begin to change As you fast and pray, amen? See how powerful of a tool this is? Uh, And a lot of times it's not talked about, but I don't want to spend too much time on on this because my story is kind of long. i got (laughs) to pick up the face. How did I end up coming to Hawaii? Well, in spring of 2009, I was taking a a little break from full-time ministry. It was a season where I was praying about what I was supposed to do next. And to be honest, I probably needed a change of place Somewhere far from the East Coast. How many of you guys have been to the East Coast? Yeah. All right. Hawaii is much better. <laughs> Anyone ever get that feeling that you're going to be moving somewhere really far away? Far? Yeah. I'm sure because growing up in Hawaii, uh, going anywhere from Hawaii is really far. We're in the middle of an ocean. Yeah. I was open to going any place. I said, God, I feel like there's a change. I feel like there's a change of direction and a place. I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere you send me. Uh, I'd been and short-term missions and trips all around the world, India, Dominican Republic, Philippines, Mexico, Singapore, Korea, yeah, South, South Korea. <laughs> and I knew that in the season of change, it was either going to come easy or hard. It was going to be dependent on God's timing, which it did happen, right? It was going to stretch my faith, and it was going to make sense later and be used for a testimony. And right about that time, out of the blue, I get in contact with a close friend Pastor friend of mine uh, that was visiting from, you guessed it, Hawaii, yes. Previously, uh, we had served together in the D.C. area, and we were working with uh, a youth group, about 400, 500 youth there. So it was a pretty good, good-sized ministry. Um, he ended up coming to Hawaii, and I had another opportunity to partner up with him again. Okay. For most people, this would be a no-brainer. Uh, who would pass up an off- opportunity to do ministry in paradise? Me. <laughs> uh, see, I had already turned down an offer a, a year or two earlier. It just wasn't the right timing. I prayed and it wasn't right for me. How many of you guys know that God is passionate? He's pursuing, uh, He's persistent, and He wants all of our hearts. God, God is uh, wanting to do that. And so God was calling me to Hawaii. I wasn't off the hook. He was going to get me to Hawaii one way or the other. Uh, he was bringing a shift in my life. Hawaii had never been a place that I had considered moving to. I had literally no idea what Hawaii is like. I just knew of Hawaiian Tropic, (laughs) Hawaiian Punch, Hawaiian Pizza, and that it was a beautiful place for honeymooners to go to. Um, The reason I could say that God was calling me to Hawaii was uh, God began to place a burden on my heart for Hawaii. He began to place a burden to begin to pray for Hawaii. Um, And it's happened a few times before where wherever God is going to send me before, He gives me a heart to pray and so I say, Lord, okay, this, is, this must be from you. So as I sense that, that God's moving on a shift, I begin to fast and pray. And I ask others to fast and pray with me. It's always good to get more confirmation from people that you can confide in and trust. Okay? If you come away with anything from this message, uh, hopefully it's that when you sense God moving in your life, respond with faith and trust. Right? Begin to fast and pray if you can. And then ask others to do that for you. It's that spiritual partnership. Pray, fast, Hawaii. Those are three beautiful words for me. Pray, fast, Hawaii. See, we would have these weekend-long fasting retreats when I was growing up in my home church. And at the end of the fasting retreat, like a day or two, uh, we would break our fast with communion. Uh, We would break our fast with grape juice and Hawaiian bread. That was the best, (laughs) right? When you're hungry and You're full of the Lord and you're going, here brother, here's juice and Hawaiian bread. God was always preparing me for Hawaii in a sense. (laughs) Uh, It didn't take long for God to reveal and confirm for me to go to Hawaii. I was at morning prayer one day and I was asking God for a vision for what he was preparing me to see in Hawaii. And let me tell you about Koreans and prayer if if you don't know already. When you think about Koreans, These three things should come to mind. Number one, kimchi. How many you guys like (laughs) kimchi? Number two, Korean drama. (laughs) And number three, EMP. Not electromagnetic pulse. Something greater. Early morning prayer. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about quiet, early prayer time between you and the Lord. I'm talking about full-blown service for hundreds and thousands of Koreans worshiping, Praying, interceding, okay, crying out to the Lord. You go anywhere in the world, and if uh, you hear a sound at 5 a.m. that sounds like a riot, and these three words, Chuyo! 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 don't worry, it's just your local Korean church, praying. Okay? Chuyo means Lord. Uh, by the way, it doesn't even have to be a Korean church. Wherever Korean missionaries have gone, they forced the locals to pray that way. Yeah, they're the number two sending missionary nation in the world. Right, here's, here's a vision I received at one of these EMPs. Uh, it was as if I was seeing a satellite view. Hawaii was in the center. Planes were coming from the four corners of the earth, gathering in Hawaii for uh, some sort of world mission summit. And I was like, "Lord, what is this? What are you showing me? Uh, Hawaii was going to be a hotspot for world missions. And I believe that this already happened. Praise the Lord. You know what? I just saw that and I said, God, you're speaking to me. All right, this is going to happen. I was sold. That's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in Hawaii. I was going to be a missionary sent to a paradise island to suffer for Jesus. That's what I was telling people. The Lord's telling me to go. I'm going to suffer for him in Hawaii. I immediately call up the pastor in Hawaii and tell him, I'm coming. And he says, do you want to come visit first? or Do you want to come and guest preach? you want to come and survey the land before you commit? And I told him, the Lord's telling me to go. Uh, There's an assignment for me in Hawaii. And so without applying for a position at this church, uh, without interviewing, without ever visiting Hawaii, I came and I've never left. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Some people might uh, look at that and go, you got got lucky that things worked out for you. Some people that will say, you just went and things worked out. And my reply would be, you know what, I was willing to take a risk and step out in faith and trust that God knew what he was doing when he was calling me. But I also say that God has yet to fail me or disappoint me when I've stepped out in faith to trust him. That's a testimony. When you do that time and time again, you can tell people, you know what, God hasn't disappointed me. God has always been faithful and true. God has always provided. I get to Hawaii. The first thing I sensed was that God was asking me to partner with the local churches. Again, I don't know anything about Hawaii. I don't have any other context besides the church that I'm at. The word that I kept, got, uh, that the word that I kept getting was "call the youth together." Call the youth together. Um, well, I began to reach out to some of the churches, and within weeks we put together this Christian hip-hop concert slash rally. <laughs> uh, we fly these artists out that I knew from the East Coast. And over 400, right, 400 youth come, and they get ministered to in this 100-year-old Korean church. This 90-year-old grandma's, like,
0: hip-hop. It
1: was the weirdest thing. It was a most, yeah, I can't explain it. But God was there. God was moving. It was such an exciting time. That was my first month in Hawaii. Whenever I've gone to a new location, I've always asked the Lord to connect me to important people, Important people people who would aid me in doing God's work. And guess who God sent? Guess who he sent? <laughs> <laughs> look, look how skinny we look. Look how much younger we are. <laughs> this was in Liliha. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome that as I prayed, God began to partner me with, right? it's, it was weird when, when Max was introducing me this morning I was like, how did we get here <laughs> after all these years? By the way, he was at that concert too. Uh, he was a first friend I met in Hawaii, and he's become my closest friend. Uh, Pastor Max even married Haley and I, uh, and he's helped me to join KCF. So if I don't do too well at this church, uh, we can all blame <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is at Magic Island. Um, yeah, it was a great time. It was right after service, and... Max came. We had just a small group. This was a, a small just ceremony that we had. Um, and speaking of marriage, I want to fast forward to the story of meeting my wife. Uh, hopefully I can finish. <laughs> Some of you heard it already. Uh, I'm a second generation Korean American who grew up just outside of D.C. My wife Haley is straight from Korea. Yes, South Korea. Uh, and would probably still be there if we hadn't met. Uh, You all realize that D.C. and Hawaii, it's a long ways apart. Uh, To be more exact, it's 4,762 miles from D.C. to Hawaii. Do you know how far that is? To put that in perspective, uh, the mainland, what I now call it as well, (laughs) from sea to shining sea is 2,500 miles. So I had to go twice that to get to Hawaii, almost. Guess what the mileage is from Seoul, Korea to Hawaii? 4,727 miles. Isn't that amazing? Oh, almost the same. So we had come from opposite sides of the world, only to meet exactly in the middle and arguably one of the most romantic destinations in the world. Some things are meant to be. (laughs) I wish that's all I had to do was serenade and sing to Haley and have it be game over. No, no. Our story... Of getting together had backstories and twists and turns, like some Korean drama you'd see on KBFD. <laughs> uh, some su- suggested that maybe Haley and I should share our story together to get a more accurate account. Uh, don't worry, I'll be upfront. I'll be honest. Uh, I was the one chasing. I was the one that was uh, fell first uh, fell first for her. Um, and for time's sake, this is a bridge version. Uh, Haley and I would love to share our full story with you over some coffee, We're right? getting back to our story. It's early July, and I'm getting ready for this trip to the YWAM base in Kona. How many of you guys know of the YWAM base there? I'm supposed to take a dozen youth students for a two-week-long camp slash outreach, and all of a sudden, I get a phone call. No, it's not Haley. It's my dad, right? Uh, and it's strange because my dad and I, we're not that close, After my parents' divorce, uh, I probably met and talked to him only a handful of times in about 20 years. So this was kind of out of the blue, right? And he began to say the strangest things before my trip. He said, son, I've been praying for you in the ministry. My dad is in business. He he could care less about ministry. Um, I'm praying for you to meet someone to marry. And I'm like, dad, thanks. That's good to hear from you. Meanwhile, I'm thinking... What's gotten into my dad? Is he now a Christian? When did this happen? Why is he mentioning marriage? Like someone for me to marry. Is he trying to arrange some, a marriage for me? <laughs> now I'm thinking to myself, is this God's way of telling me that I'm going to meet someone on this trip? I, I pack some nicer clothes anyways, and I go on this trip. <laughs> we have an awesome trip. all right. All the students get blasted by God. Our kids are all fired up. Uh, They're loving intercessory prayer, right? They're worshiping for hours and hours, and, you know, that's a great thing. You know that's a God thing when um, you get hundreds of teenagers who are more focused on seeking God and seeking his kingdom for two weeks than seeking each other, okay? We all know how that is with teenagers and the dreaded horror moans, right? I was stoked about the kids. I really was. But my love interest was nowhere to be found. I admit it. On the inside, I was like, Dad, why did you have to get my hopes up with that call? I get back from this trip, and the students are all fired up. Yeah, they're like calling me up. You know, I feel like God's speaking to me. Can I come to the church? And, and so I'm like, yes, let's keep this going. Um, we planned for some opportunities to gather. And the students had, some of the students that had gone on this trip with us were not actually from our church. Uh, they were a part of a smaller church which didn't have a youth leader, so that's why they ended up joining us for this trip to Kona. The last three days of July would change my life forever. Remember, we left in kind of early to mid-July. The last three days of July would change my life forever. That would be a good title for a romantic story, the last three days of July. July 29th, it was a Friday. Our church was hosting a worship night for youth. It was going to be an awesome night inspired worship, Um, and the next day, July 30th, it was a Saturday, I had scheduled to conduct a a worship seminar for some of the students and the parents at that smaller church, and July 31st, Sunday, was going to be the last day of July, little did I know that that was the last day I would be a single man, how did I get from not meeting someone to not being single, you guys ready for a backstory? yeah? Leading up to the last three days of July, the week was like any other week, except for one short conversation I had forgotten about. Earlier in the week, I'm driving around town, running some errands, and I get a phone call, and it's a number I don't recognize. I pick up anyways, and a whiny teenage voice is kind of (laughs) giggling. Pastor Sani, do you know who this is? Sorry. (coughs) And I go, "Um, no, hey, who is this? She goes, ha, 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 ha. It's me. Jesse, you remember me? See, Jesse is a 15 year old student who's the very last person to join us for the trip to Kona from the smaller church. He's from the other church. Um, I had known her for only two and a half weeks, so try and process the rest of this conversation. Uh, she goes, Pastor Sonny, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> I think you're so funny. You should have a girlfriend. Hehehe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to meet my auntie who's here from Korea? She's really nice. <laughs> I'm thinking in my mind, that is cute. But you got to be crazy to think that I'm going to allow a 15-year-old who I barely know to set me up. Okay? <laughs> I start joking on the phone. I'm playing around. I'm, I'm going to have fun with this. And still to this day, I don't know why I answer this way, really. I, I should have given the usual pastor answer when you're being set up. Which is something like this Uh, I'm really called to be celibate But if God could miraculously Allow me to meet the most spiritual And most ministry experienced Woman during the most difficult Mission outreach I'll pray about it No, that's not how I answered Um, I began to babble about this and I was such a jerk When I think think back about that conversation I I think I said something like this There are plenty of girls who like me But I don't really like any of them I'm kind of picky if you don't know, if you didn't know that already. Uh, Tell her to send me some pictures. Does does she make a lot of money? She better be a real natural beauty. I don't like anyone fake, right? No plastic surgery or anything. And I go, I got to go, Jesse. Again, I'm driving. And I go, I'll see you at the worship night. Click. And that was Tuesday, and I soon forget about this conversation. Uh, What I didn't know, that Jesse was also riding in a car accompanied by her mom, her sister, and of course, Hailey. <laughs> and yes, this whole conversation was on speakerphone. <laughs> the only words to describe what was probably felt in that car were burning fury, disgust, loathing, and in Korean, 저런 <laughs> 게 right? It means, what a piece of... <laughs> I had dug myself into a grave even before I'd ever got to meet my wife-to-be. The first time I see Haley, it's after our worship night on Friday. I'm closing our time in worship. I'm playing. All right? It's dark in the sanctuary, and I hear a car pulling into our, our church, and in walks Haley through the back entrance. And it was as if time had froze, right? It's all dark, and I just, I don't know why I was looking, but I see Haley walking. She glides in with her beautiful hair. All right? <laughs> I'm just making this up, right? Korean drama. And, you know, she just has this sense about her. I go, I don't know what it is, but I'm watching her while I'm supposed to be praying. <laughs> uh, and I have, to meet, I have to meet her, right? The lights come on, I make a beeline to go introduce myself. And these are the first words I say to her. Hi, welcome to our church. I'm Pastor Sonny. Um, it's nice to meet you. And I'm smiling, I'm cheesing. And I'm dripping with sweat because it's hot. And her very first words to me were, it's nice to meet you too. You're handsome in person. And I'm like, dang, (laughs) she calls it like she sees it. I like this woman. (laughs) Later, I find out that she only said that because she thought all pastors were supposed to have thick glasses, be out of shape, look kind of nerdy, and balding. And compared to that, I I was handsome. (laughs) With all my attempts to get closer that evening, um, nothing happened, right? She just gave me the cold shoulder, and I didn't realize that that was all from that phone call, all right? What's the lesson here? Whenever someone's trying to set you up, be nice, <laughs> and ask if that person is listening to your conversation. <laughs> Saturday morning, to my surprise, the next day, I get to see Haley for a second consecutive day. I got a second chance to impress her, all right? Here's how that went everybody, okay, seminar's done, everybody's eating by the time I walk into the fellowship hall. The senior pastor weighs me over, and Haley is sitting at that table. I didn't know it at the time, but Haley was at the newcomer's table, All right? She was visiting from Korea during the month of July. Uh, she was a business owner, and through an unexplainable chain of events, she had to temporarily close her shop. She figured God was giving her a vacation uh, and so she decided to visit Hawaii and uh, Jesse's family. What a surprise. There was a seat right between the pastor and Haley. That was my seat, right? That was Destin. That was my seat. I take that seat, and you know what made that moment more difficult? It was a dozen students snickering and ooing to see if I'd make a move. They're all watching. <laughs> uh, this whole, it's, it's very awkward at this time now. Right, there's silence between us. And I'm just trying to concentrate on getting food into my mouth <laughs> and not spill my coffee. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the, tab- all the conversations at the table are going on in Korean. I'm the only non Korean speaking person at this table. So I kind of look up, I build up enough courage, and Haley's right next to me. And I ask her this random question. And I thought this would be a good conversation starter. Uh, the question was this Egi <laughs> chuahaseo? Right, that means, do you like children? Okay, and I th- and I thought she'd say, "Oh, you you adore children. That's so sweet. Are you good with children?" Apparently, what I didn't know that in Korean, that's not an appropriate question to be asking someone you just met. See, what I was implying was that she should be the bearer of my offspring. <laughs> Haley almost spat out her coffee. <laughs> By some miracle, it really was a miracle. I was like. Mm. I should have just, like, left, got up, and left. But by some miracle, I get her contact information, and I do not waste any time in messaging her. I'm in the parking lot. Um, if you are free tomorrow, would you like to join me for some coffee after church? No response all day, all night. July 31st, Sunday. Finish church. It's a beautiful day outside. And I'm all sulking. I'm down because Haley didn't respond. I go straight home. I'm like, I'm just going to take a nap. And I'm about to fall asleep, and I get, bzz, or I get a message. It's Haley. And she, she says this, I'm free. Coffee is okay? <laughs> I race on over to pick her up, and I ask her, you know, is there any place that you want to go? Uh, she hesitates and says, uh, how about the North Shore? And immediately I'm thinking, yes, she wants to spend a lot of time with me. We get to drive <laughs> to the furthest part of the island. How romantic. I'm taking the longest route I can to get there. <laughs> uh, later, I found out, again, later, 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 right? Uh, she only said North Shore because she didn't know any other place. <laughs> Remember, she was visiting. <laughs> I didn't know this. I didn't know that she was only visiting. Right? That makes our story work. Uh, isn't it funny that I was misinterpreting any, everything that Haley was saying? Uh, things were not clicking. Uh, I had a feeling that this was a hopeless cause. Anyone else's love story kind of sound familiar? (laughs) We get our coffee, finally get a chance to walk along the beach at Chun's. The sun is setting, the waves are gently lapping the shoreline, and I just begin to pray on the inside. It's time to pray. I should have prayed earlier, but it's time to pray. i got no other options. Lord, I don't know why I'm attracted to Haley, other than the fact that she's gorgeous. Um, I don't know anything about her. I don't know why we're even on this beach together. I felt the Lord say to me, "Son, share your testimony, share your vision, share your heart. Right now, with Haley, even in your broken Korean." I, I didn't want to share because you know you sound stupid when you can't speak a language and you're trying to share deep things. It, it's, it's just right. I could picture it in my mind. It, was kinda, it, it wasn't going to sound good. But here is a moment of change when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something. It's in your best interest to. Obey, right, right in that moment. Uh, I didn't know this, but Haley had this wish list concerning the quality she was seeking in a future spouse. It was very specific. That list uh, she had compiled over the years as she was praying. For you singles out there, don't be afraid to ask the Lord for specific things concerning your future spouse. Start praying for them right now. Parents, yeah, start praying for your future sons and daughters-in-law. Uh, right now, <laughs> can you guess what happened next? I just obeyed, and I began to share. And Haley's she's walking a few paces behind me. She's like on this side. And she starts getting slower and slower and slower. She's not saying a word. And she even begins to look kind of sick. Like, right? We head back into town, and on the way back, she begins to open up. Finally, she begins to like, share some things that are meaningful in our life. And I'm like, oh, wow, she's even better than I expected, right? She's an amazing person. We grab a nice dinner. We stroll through Waikiki. Uh, we did so much walking, we're hungry. We grab another dinner, uh, and we finish our time of sharing. And it couldn't have been a better first date with Haley. Now it's getting late, and I'm hoping for a second date. Um, just as I'm thinking this, Haley says she has something to tell me. Oh, man, the suspense. What does she have to tell me? Uh, she tells me that she has to go home. She has to pack her bags and catch an early flight back to Korea early the next day. Haley was leaving me. No. This whole time I thought she was from here. I thought I had a lot of time to kind of like, you know, work on. No, she was leaving. Um, And our time together, I felt, didn't really mean anything anymore. Um, And I was going, why did I share such deep things about myself? Uh, My heart was on the floor. Right, I couldn't believe that it was going to end even before it got started. Haley had a totally different outlook about our date from the very beginning. Honestly, she wasn't really hoping for anything out of our date. Okay, You've got to imagine her position. She knows she's going back. It's only a day. And, right, so um, it's ridic- It was ridiculous for her to get romantically involved with a total stranger. She knew she was headed back all along. She wasn't looking for romance. She really wasn't. It was her last day in Hawaii and... I was just going to be her tour guide before she went home. Remember how Haley was walking really slowly um, as I began to share on the beach and even how she felt sick? What I didn't know that it was because she was in shock. Yeah, she was shaken to the core. She later told me after we were married that her knees were actually buckling while I was sharing, not because my story was so good, (laughs) but because God was confirming that I was the man she was praying for all these years, right? That's kind of scary. I was going down that inside the head checklist, and I was checking off every single specific item that she was praying for her future husband. As I was just sharing, right? It wasn't scripted. I was just sharing, and I was going down this list. Okay, I go. That's a God moment. That's a God thing that happened. Um, imagine if I hadn't obeyed the Holy Spirit's prompting to share when I did. We would have just had our coffee, admired the beauty of Hawaii. And maybe just gone, and said our goodbyes. By faith, we had began our long distance relationship. After one stinking date, <laughs> who does that? Uh, it's a, it was a scary change for both of us. Right, long distance, and I mean 4,727 miles. Long distance. There was a cultural and language barrier, right? And marketplace versus ministry. Right? She wasn't um, a ministry person. A lot of uncertainty. Both of us had to trust and have faith that God knew what he was doing when he brought us together. And that's a question. We're like, God, why did you do this? It doesn't seem like we're compatible. Why are you doing this in one single moment, in one day before she goes? Okay, what do you do when you sense that God is bringing about a shift in your life? You respond with faith and trust. You begin to pray and fast, and you ask others to pray and fast with you. I'm reaching out to everybody I know the very next day, okay? Uh, One of the first people I call is Pastor Max. I'm going, hey, man, I just met somebody, right? We're good friends by now. I think God's brought us together, but she left. (laughs) Help me to pray about this relationship, okay? I even asked my mom to fast and pray without giving her any details because she's nosy. No, she's just curious, (laughs) Right? And then she forwards that to her prayer team at church. And so I get all these random people, right, a, a whole group of people now praying and fasting for my love connection in Hawaii. <laughs> it's a strange season. I'm sure it was harder for Haley. She gets the shock of her life to find out that, that jerk that didn't want to meet her at first, a few days later, is now supposed to be the one for her. And on top of that, he's a pastor. She's going to have to become a pastor's wife. None of this made any sense. You know, I could go on and on and on and on, but for time's sake, i got to wrap it up. <laughs> there was lots of praying and fasting involved in our courtship. It was probably one of the most dramatic times and shifts in our life. We were both totally caught off guard. Uh, after that first date, we knew that God was doing something special, and we had to respond with faith and trust. Right? There were some bumps along the road. Uh, we had to depend on his timing. Uh, and there's so many testimonies that I can go on and on about, about his perfect timing in, in our meeting time, and our marriage. Uh, God's timing has really been perfect for us. Um, and you know, it's now beginning to make sense a lot more for us. Uh, we get to share about how God's brought us together through a major shift. And it's totally awesome that we get to share about it today. Right? Haley's not here in, in our service, but she'll be here in the second service. Um, six months after our first date... I proposed at the same beach on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Three months later, we're married, okay? And that's a whirlwind. And we had to rely on the Lord, right? We had to respond in faith and trust. There's a picture I just wanted to show us of our wedding ceremony at the end. You know, we had a big ceremony at church, and yeah, we, 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 were, we had so many things to be thankful for, so many people that had partnered with us, prayed for us, um, encouraged us to continue to trust God in that season. I had no, no idea that, that things were going to go that fast. We're, we're now married five years with three amazing kids, uh, and I've gotten to serve at two different churches, and we've met some amazing people along the way. Right, Haley and I are, are really blessed to share our story. Uh, and we're really blessed to be a part of what God is doing here at our church. Amen. Let's, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are trustworthy in all things. And we thank you, God, that you bring new seasons of, of change and you shift things, even when we're not ready. And you call us, God, to step out in faith, to trust you, to know that you know what you're doing. And so, God, we, we just prayed this morning. Um, If some of us are here feeling like we're going through a shift, uh, that we would ask for supernatural faith, faith that will move mountains. We pray, God, that you would stir up this morning a desire to earnestly seek you in prayer and even fasting. We thank you, Lord, that you've reminded us that uh, it's not our job to do it alone. God, we need partners. We need spiritual partnership. We need people to... Pray with us uh, to hear from you. And so, Lord, we we just say that we trust you. We say that you go before us and that whatever change is going to come, God, that we want to respond in a manner of faith, uh, worthy of the gospel. And we just thank you for leading this time. And we thank you, Father, for testimonies. And we pray, God, that in this season that there would be more testimonies that would come together. And we thank you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.